0: I think that's one of the ultimate positionings is to have the expertise, but also to have the client know that uh, I will never steer you wrong, and you're you know uh, you're a customer for life. Welcome to the Perfect Fit Presents.
1: Today I'm excited to have a chat with Mr. Joe Nicasio. Joe has been a J. Abraham protege. He transcribed years of J. Abraham's uh, audio works into what has become the J. Abraham Marketing Encyclopedia. What Joe doesn't know about marketing and sales, he suspects, for sure. Let's hear what he has to say. I would like to welcome the entrepreneur maker officially here right now, Joe Nicasio. I would like to ask Joe, what was the proudest moment of your sales career?
0: Well, you know, um, I didn't really intentionally go through sales, but I ended up in sales and I ended up not being very good at it, and I studied like 19 different systems, uh, over, you know, over the last, gosh, 35, 40, 45 years. Um, you know, I would say it's something that was kind of a proud moment. There's a couple of proud moments. I went through a Tom Hopkins training. Um, it was a three day boot camp. And, uh, I remember I used to have, I sold a software product, and I used to think I had a six month sales cycle, and, one of the things that happens is when I got out of this sales boot camp, I had a lead. I followed up on that lead, um, and I closed an eighty-five hundred dollars sale uh, just by using what I learned in the sales boot camp. And it it kind of shattered my limiting beliefs that, you know, that there has to be a long uh, sales cycle. Um, another time, uh, a friend of mine um, got us an appointment. It was kind of last minute. And he, we got called into Pimco, Pacific uh, Investment Management Company in Irvine, California. And he says, Hey, we got an opportunity to sell our software. And, uh, I was wearing a Grateful Dead, you know, tie-dye t-shirt and, and beach shorts. And we went into this, uh, Pimco, which was, you know, uh, it's a investment company, conservative suit and tie. Uh, Steve was in a suit and tie. Here I am in a Grateful Dead, uh, uh, t-shirt. And we came into this uh, meeting, and I ended up closing a, a $20,000 sale. So uh, those were two, you know, highlights, I think. There's a lot of them. I mean, closing sales is fun. I, I, You know, I'm really in this place where uh relationship is more important than revenue, and I think closing a sale is really coming from this place that uh, a closing a sale is really helping you make a good decision for you whether it's to, to buy or to not buy, you know, it's putting the, the uh, client's best interest in heart and being that person that genuinely cares about having your client's best interest at heart uh, is much more important than any kind of sales or marketing techniques. You know, it's like when you come, you know, we're not business to business or business to consumer. We're like human to human and soul to soul. And when you figure out that you're actually into soul to soul business, um, it really changes the dynamic in a much more favorable way. Uh, those are all awesome and
1: i'm 100% onside you know as uh, the the perfect fit is my vision for getting soul to soul finding the few people out of the 100 that would only do business with me forever when i find them and connecting with them and then uh and then nurturing that relationship along through as many transaction opportunities, whether it's originally with them or somebody that they know, uh, that will transact with me. So that's amazing. Uh, I'd like to to ask you also to expand a little bit, your, your sales history and your sales coaching history from student and professor sides is fairly extensive. How did you find sales as a vocation?
0: Yeah, I came in completely through the back door, you know, uh, my background is I was an electronics nerd. I, 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 I took all the electronics classes. I was an electronics hobbyist before, uh, you know, high school. I built my own, you know, I, I was this electronics nerd. And I remember I went out, you know, so I was wiring, I got, I got an estimate for wiring a, a, a garment warehouse uh, for the purpose of putting an alarm system in. And the guy pulled me aside and he said, Joe, it's like, you're brilliant, but you suck at communicating, basically. And he told me about this organization called Toastmasters. I started going to Toastmasters. But I also started, you know, picking up books like uh, How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. I love that book. Every word was so gripping to me. It's like uh, I, it's so articulate. Uh And, and I, anyway, the the more I went down the path, I, I realized that there are many ways of approaching the psychology of selling, you know, Brian Tracy kind of stuff. And, you know, I went through 52 weeks of Sandler sales training and I learned neuro-linguistic programming. And I started realizing that there's, a you know, a strategic selling and conceptual selling. And um, there was a guy, uh, Ari Galper out of South America, or, uh, Australia, um, and he teaches something called Unlock the Game. And it's really about this idea that, If you are perceived as a salesperson, people will lie to you. It's it's like culturally acceptable for people to lie to you if they think that you're a salesperson, and that kind of sucks. I also ended up uh, spending a lot of time with Jay Abraham. I made a million, and I lost everything, and I ended up in the presence of Jay Abraham and went to a paid event and got my mind blown, and after that, um, they asked me to, you know, would you like to come to more events? I said, I'd love to. I'm still trying to pay for the first of it. It's like 35 years ago. And uh, they said, can you barter? I'm like, what could I do? And they said, we need transcription. And so I did, they sent me boxes and boxes of audio cassettes sorted by 30 different topics. And my transcriptions ended up going in the Jay Abraham Marketing uh, Encyclopedia. And one of the things that Jay teaches is this idea of the strategy of preeminence. So even though I know a lot about marketing and even though I know a lot about sales, uh, I don't want to be known for those things. I want to be known as the trusted advisor. Joe cares about you. Joe Joe is a genuine expert. Joe will never steer you wrong. And I think that's one of the ultimate positionings is to have the expertise, but also to have the client know that uh, I will never steer you wrong and, you you know, uh, you're a customer for life. And you're not a customer. You're a client. A customer is somebody who spends money with you. But a client is somebody who's under your care and protection. And I think it's super important. To come from that frame that, you know, uh, you're under my care and protection. Also, um, you know, studied some stuff with Taki Moore over at Black Belt. Uh, he's amazing. I, I'm looking forward to doing more work with him. Um, but one of the things he teaches is that, um, you know, sales is like being on American Idol. And, uh, our job is not to be the contestant impressing the judges. Uh, but we are, we are Simon Cal. I am Simon Cal. And I'm here to assess who's worthy of the prize. Uh, You know, Bob Proctor teaches, you know, uh, a lot of people are, they have the, you know, they're trying, am I worthy of the goal? And that's the wrong question. You know, the real question is "Is the goal worthy of me? Is the client worthy of me? You know, and so there's a real important thing about, you know, recognizing that it's our job to have the prize frame. I've also studied with uh, Todd Brown, the E5 uh, method. So, you know, I think, by having many mentors, learning many different systems, you know, there's others that I I haven't even mentioned, and honestly, some of them are not as good as others, you know, um, um, and 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 one selling if you're selling one kind of product or service, it might work very well. One of the things I've learned is most people that are in selling, um, you, they usually learn so from their industry. So the car guy learns selling from a car guy, and the the. The, the home selling, the realtor learns from the realtors. And one of the things I learned from Jay Abraham is this idea of cross-pollination. So, you know, car dealers would learn a tremendous amount by studying how jewelers sell jewelry or, you know, um, how, you know, uh, or how contractors, um, you know, sell construction of building a home. Uh, anyway, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, back to you.
1: True story, true story. So the one one of the things that really smacked me in the face was uh you know, there's a one of the realtor uh not very kind things that they have to say about their customers sometimes is that there's there's a notion that buyers are liars. And you just hit the nail on the head for me as to why that is. If if they're lying to you, you might be perceived as a salesperson because it's totally acceptable to just not Disclose, right? And and so how do we get how do we get to become that how do we get to become that trusted advisor? Uh, in Joe's experience, well, first
0: thing you do is you drop this idea that buyers are liars. Uh, that's a very unhealthy frame. I am in real estate. I, I, I. We help you if You want to buy a home or sell a home. You know, there's a, too much I focus and me focus, and we do this and we do that, and there's this wee wee problem. But it's not about we, it's about you. You know, what's your real estate situation? Are you a renter and you're tired of renting? You're tired of, you know, throwing your money away every month on rent and not having any equity or building any wealth. Well, if you want to change that, you know, for probably close to the same amount of money you're spending each month, you could probably improve your financial situation and probably you could probably have the same payments by being in your own home. That's so why wouldn't point. you want to do so shifting from a I we frame to a you frame, you know, it's not about what I do. It's about what you get. And, and you put it very explicitly on, you know, uh, how much does it cost? Absolutely nothing if it's not right for you. It's about taking an understanding of a frame that I really am here to serve you. And if I think something is not in your best interest, I will tell you. It's not just about buying and selling real estate. It, it's about a lifestyle transformation. This is a big investment. And it's important. It's important to you. It's, you know, yeah, I make a, a commission. I make a small commission, but that's small relative to the value of living in a home and making sure that you you know, you're in a in a neighborhood that supports your life and your lifestyle and your family. And so I, I take this, I'm serious as a heart attack that I, I want to make you, I want to help you make that decision. And I want to make sure that you feel really good and yummy about it afterwards.
1: So definitely the frame the frame that we we put ourselves or put others in is is uh, is key uh, i love the the rental versus purchase analogy i mean it's people i believe uh, are seeking certainty most times and that's like the number one that's the number one key reason that you want to buy a house instead of renting one is you're certain that the landlord is not going to raise the rent <laughs> without your permission.
0: (laughs) Also, you know, another frame that I found is very powerful is don't be a realtor, be like a doctor. You know, it's malpractice to give a prescription without a proper diagnosis first. So, you know, like, what are you looking for? I want to make sure that I, you know, if I'm going to prescribe a home for you, I want to make sure that I do a good diagnosis uh, to make sure that I find exactly, let me ask you a lot, a lot of questions to find out, what you're looking for, and once I've got a good diagnosis and a good understanding of your situation, then and only then will I start, you know, zeroing in on prescribing and making sure that I don't waste your time, and I put you in in the kind of home that's exactly what you're looking for inside the budget of what you're looking for. And and be having more of a doctor frame versus a, a sales, a real estate salesperson frame. You know, a lot of people say the client pushes back, you know, buyers are liars, the client pushes back. The only reason that they're pushing back is because somebody was pushing in the first place. So we need to take ownership. You know, the best salespeople are not pushy, they're pulley. You know, the, the best the best people create emotions in the client. I don't need to push the client to, to buy. If I'm doing my job right, then I'm creating emotions in the buyer where they're like trying to pull me over the goal line. They're like, what do I need to do to work with you, Joe? What do I need to, to work with you, Ed? Um uh and so you know there's some mythology I think in so you know in a way, selling is a transfer of enthusiasm from the salesperson to the client, but not really. I've learned that my emotions are irrelevant, okay, what's really relevant is creating an emotional experience. There are emotions that the buyer needs to ha- to want to buy, and so if I can talk to people. And, and ask questions that help engage their imagination where they're actually going on an emotional journey and feeling the right emotions, they're going to buy. And, and they're especially going to be more likely to buy if you're actually matching them in the right prop, you know, the right property, the right home. Uh, you know, there's three things that are really critical for any kind of sales or marketing to work. Number one is audience, you know number, you know, that's 40% is audience, 40% is the actual offer, and 20% is like the copywriting or the language. Um, I think too many people in sales are worried about the copywriting and the language. What are the magic words I need to say to get people to buy? But it's not about what you say, it's what do you give? What, What are you giving in the offer that resonates with them and makes sense? Having the offer right kind of almost eliminates the need for using some kind of magic words or phrases. So instead of asking, if you're in sales, instead of asking, what are the words I need to say to get them to buy, you need to ask, what do I need to, well, how can I give so much value in the offer that they want to, that it's so darn good, that the value that I'm receiving, I want it at any price, and so I will pay the price. Because... You're giving so much value, I'll 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 give good money.
1: I I, I can appreciate that a lot. I uh, I, we in our previous conversation, I've I think I shared that I have observed how small of number or participation in the realtor slash real estate agent world actually realizes they are in the marketing business. Just because you got a listing for a house and you put the sign in the yard that you squat and wait for somebody to call on, right? That's not marketing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the harder my marketing works, the easier my selling goes. And I think when you get into an industry like the car industry or the home industry, you know, you learn sales tactics. But, you know, marketing and sales kind of go together. And here's what I want from my marketing. I want it to make people aware I want it to generate leads. I want people to raise their hand and show some interest. That doesn't mean they're going to buy, but I want people to raise their hand. I also want my marketing to familiarize people with me, like to warm them up. I also want my marketing to raise the buying temperature to eight, nine, and 10. You know, if, if you know, a 10 is somebody ready to pull out their, their, their checkbook or their credit card or whatever. I want, I don't want to, I want to talk. I want my marketing to fill my calendar with eights, nines, and tens. Okay, people that are like two or three on the buying temperature, I want to send them back to my marketing so that the marketing is doing its job to raise the buying temperature. And then my marketing also needs to have what's called a marketing thesis. And the marketing thesis is, you know, this is Todd Brown stuff. Everything in the marketing is to support the marketing thesis or the marketing belief that Joe has the answer to your problem. Joe has a solution to your problem. He's got a mechanism. He's got a unique mechanism. Joe has a system. It's unique. It's different. It's superior than the way other realtors work or the way, you know. And once you buy into this system as a superior way to do things, now if I have your permission, I'd like to show you my offer. Now I want to move into sales mode. So, before I even try to go into sales, I want people to have a buying belief that Joe can solve my problem. Now I'm willing to hear his sales offer. okay and we money, migrate money does that.
1: change hands when problems are solved
0: there's a, there's another piece to this though, and that is I think too many people go into sales mode too early and what we want to do is, is get people into Okay, I'm ready to work with you. Now we shift into sales mode. Everything else should be marketing.
1: Yes, sir. So you've you've seen a lot of different selling systems. Uh, yeah. What is Joe Nicasio's favorite lead attraction connection uh, pathway? What's your favorite lead yeah. gen style?
0: You know, I like different things for different reasons. Um, I like joint venture endorsements. You know uh you got a, somebody that's got a big crowd of people and says today we're bringing in Joe as a speaker you know Joe is not low priced I paid him a lot of money um you know he's the highest price face you know um but li- you know listen to Joe listen to word. so that endorsement from somebody else to their crowd is very powerful that's one you know I have I guess I have several favorites, it's about choosing the right lead generation for the right situation. Uh, I run paid ads too. What do I like about paid ads? You know, I spend 25 bucks a day and I generate, you know, eight or 10 or 12 leads a day. It's nice knowing that fresh people are coming into my ecosystem every day, automatically, without effort. I like that. Okay. Um, other lead generation systems. I mean, I use some social media stuff you know, hand-raising posts. Um, you know, you want to think in social media, you want to think of terms of uh, eyes, hands, hearts, and faces. So we want to get people's eyes on our social media content. And we want to engage people to raise their hand and say, I like what you're saying, or I'm interested in what you're saying, I'm interested in what you're talking about. And then from there in social media... We want to get them into a chat conversation. And in the chat conversation, we're kind of qualifying people, asking questions, getting to know them as a human being first. But we're also discovering the desires of their heart. And then from there, we want to get face-to-face, either on a Zoom call or a physical meeting, so we can have the conversation to, you know, if they're qualified and they have desires and we can help them, then it makes sense to, you know, so... Part of lead generation isn't just getting people to raise their hand, it's the lead nurturing that happens after, after. And, and I would say there's all kinds of ways to generate leads, but let me ask you this, what are you doing to nurture those leads? What's your nurture process after you generate a lead? That's where most people drop the ball. Uh, there's a lot of ways to generate leads, you know, you can do it through content, you can do it through endorsement, um, uh, you know, um, you can do it face-to-face. Networking can be fun. I like speaking from a stage, you know, because that makes me kind of the authority. And, and oh, if you want, you know, uh, let me buy you an hour of my time or I've got a free report for you or, you know, I have free information that will help support you, then, um, you know, drop your business card or scan a barcode. So There's a lot of ways to generate leads.
1: If I might ask, Joe. Yeah. In 2023, the folks that are counting on the uh, for our business, the brokerage, to carry the day for marketing and bring them bring them business, I believe that those folks are being left behind. And uh, I think the COVID oh, pandemic time, that? Uh, I think the COVID pandemic time made that even a bigger challenge, as people are not out and about looking at bus stops benches and stuff like that what are your thoughts on where personal branding and, and marketing is and or should be going
0: of course a lot of this depends on what business you're in you're obviously in the real estate space and you've also got your your software space um mm-hmm. you know there's so i'm, there's I'm selling insurance online. i could be
1: selling insurance i could be so i'm i'm i am focused on solopreneur type uh, industries
0: you know tom yeah. hopkins used to say you know you can throw away a fax and you can you can delete an email, you can hang up on a phone call, you know, but what's the hardest thing to get rid of? It's a body. And so, you know, the absolute best is face-to-face, belly-to-belly, eyeball-to-eyeball, shaking hands. You know, you create more connection in a physical connection than you're you're going to get through any online or offline media. That being said, you know, the the online media and that kind of stuff, um, it helps extend our reach. It's a problem with everything. The problem with face to face is as you know it's it's me dependent if I show up I can generate leads if I don't show up if I'm sick in bed for a month I'm out of business okay so you know uh, the I love referrals a good warm referral is great you know the quality of those is usually very high uh, here's the problem though they're inconsistent you know you don't you know it's not like you get you know 20 leads a week you know from referrals that's you got to be playing your referral game at a pretty high level to be getting that kind of stuff.
1: Developing a large list of folks that are potential for future referrals happens over the career, and uh, I, I've seen, I've witnessed in our in our industry and in real estate industry that when people stop adding new faces to their uh, sphere of uh, awareness, of opportunity that they'll actually there will be uh as brand Court says that that on average every person in your sphere will make a real estate transaction happen every 10 years. So if you've got 100 people obviously every 10 years is going to come along a lot less frequently than if you got 10,000 people.
0: Yeah, it's not like a car purchase where you might buy more frequently. I'm a big fan of, you know, gosh, if I was in real estate I'd be doing direct mail you know i would i would you know make a list of my top 100 or 500 leads and i send them a postcard every month you know and invite them to talk to me invite you know and 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 I, you know there's this idea of a dream 100 uh what's a dream 100 it's like if you could only do business with 100 people who would they be you know like the mayor of the town uh, the, the head of the chamber of commerce, you know, who are the centers of influence that can impact not just them as a client, but they have, you know, crowds that they're connected to. You know, the head of the Kiwanis club or the, the Rotary club. These are, these are influential people. And so you want to think in terms of, um, nests and centers of influence. Where can I be known in a nest of people versus individually? you you want to start looking at how can i leverage my time how can i leverage my relationships how can i leverage systems uh how can i leverage my business model you know also you know look this is really uh um an under appreciated strategy but you know we talk about avatar and who's your ideal client and this kind of stuff but there's a deeper level of that like what does a five star client look like or what's a top tier client look like you know my top tier clients you know pay me well they're responsive to me they they send me thank you notes they join you know they sign up for my coaching calls they're very coachable they they take action they they send me gifts uh they pay me more than i ask they um they send me five star referrals they give me rock star testimonials
1: blue marlins not blue gills
0: Right. Well, the thing is, is how can you attract the the top, top dreamy clients if you don't really like brainstorm? What does that look like? And also put it out. I work with people that are 100 percent committed to creating a business that works. Before I take somebody on the coaching or mentoring client, I ask on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to make this business truly work? And if they say I'm a nine, it's like we got a problem. I'm 10 out of 10 committed to your success. And you're 9 out of 10. Why am I more committed to you than you are committed to yourself? I can't take you on as a client. If, you know, how do we fix this? I don't work with people that are dipping their toes in the water. I am here. I work with people who are making waves. If you want to attra- attract amazing clients, then you've got to define them and put that into your messaging. And then now you have a chance so that if you put it out into the universe, then it can come back to you. Those people will find you.
1: That's all awesome stuff, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I want to, I want to ask one last question and, and let you take us out on it. The entrepreneur maker. Give us a thumbnail on what the entrepreneur maker, how, how, how's that reputation? You know, we, we know what's behind the reputation. Um, I wanted to, to show some folks a website where they can find you the uh, EmployeeEscapePlan.com, and I want you to talk a little bit about that sure uh, as we head sure. so
0: <clears throat> so you know I I made a million lost everything ended up getting mentored by Jay Abraham learned just a boatload about sales and marketing and I ended up doing subcontract coaching for uh, uh, ascend marketing uh, which is a principal centered marketing and we coached a lot of people. And the kind of people we were coaching were making three or five or seven hundred thousand a year and they wanted to go to one or two or three million a year. And I would go to networking events and I would pick up clients for that program. And I kept running into people that said, Joe, I, I don't make that kind of money and I don't have my own business. I have a job and it sucks. I hate my job every day. I'm driving to my job and I don't even want to go in, you know, and I wish I pray to God for somebody to actually teach me how to start my own business. Well, I've become the answer to that prayer. So, uh, if you have a job that you hate, I help you, I help you build a business you love so you can es- escape the job you hate. And I've come up with my own proprietary system. You know, it's kind of a nine step system, but you know, the overall gist of it is do what you love for yourself and others. Share the love through your service and good marketing so you can receive the love in the form of gratitude and cash and Repeat business, referral business, video testimonials. There's a lot of blessings that come with a successful business. And so, um, you know, so now we have a new challenge. How do you create, you know, they say nine out of ten people fail in business, but not on my watch. I, you know, with my engineering background, I had to engineer a way where people don't fail every time. And so I invented a new way, a superior way, uh, it's a process to take individuals and help them figure out what's the right business for you. And, um, you know, I, the number one reason people fail in business is they're not even in the right business in the first place. So I created a whole program. I call it Business Wisdom Quest and it's about helping you find your, your North Star business. Because if you're running in the wrong direction, if you're in the wrong business, if you're running in the wrong direction, you do not need a motivator to say run faster you need to stop (laughs) you need to stop and get guidance and so once you know where you are and where you're going and you're crystal clear on where your north star is then you have a chance of you know achieving it um and so i think that's one of the ways that i really am unique and I excel is is i make sure that we dot the i's and cross the t's and help you build a business that works and you know, I would say very few people, almost nobody is really teaching people how to choose the right business in the first place. You know, the realtor says, I'll teach you to be a realtor. Go get your license and, and you know, hang your agency under me. Or the, you know, the car guy says, I'll teach you to be an entrepreneur. I'll teach you how to sell cars. Or or the MLM person says, I'll teach you to be an entrepreneur. Or, or you know, somebody says, I'll teach you to be an entrepreneur. You should be a coach. Well, everybody shouldn't be a coach and everybody shouldn't be in cars. You know, some people are meant to do, be farriers and do horseshoes on million dollar horses. That's one of my clients. You know, other people are meant to, uh, you know, invent light sound machines for, you know, brain entrainment. So everybody, you know, some people are meant to be in medicine and healthcare. So my job, I think it's unethical to point people, like if to have an agenda, I'll teach you to be an entrepreneur as long as you follow my agenda. That's not true entrepreneurship. I believe we're children of God. So what is your magic? Let's custom build a business around you and your magic and your gifts, as opposed to me trying to push a square peg into a round hole.
1: I agree 100%, Joe. It's been amazing to have you today. I'll have the links for the various opportunities to connect with you in the show notes for either video or audio or presentations of this across the internet. Folks, connect with Joe if you don't know your North star or if you do. Uh, and one thing I was going to say to put the punctuation point on it, I couldn't let it go. You said, the number one thing is people not knowing they're not doing what they should be doing. And I think the number two thing is commitment. <laughs> so, you know, there's only
0: three things you need to succeed in anything. Okay. If you want to become an airline pilot, you know, there's only three things you need to do. If you want to, um, If you want to be a a jeweler and you want to manufacture jewelry, there's only three things. Number one is you have to have the burning desire. you got to have the hunger. You know, you can't come in. You need to have your batteries fully charged. you got to have some energy. Number two is you need a roadmap. So there's a roadmap to becoming a jeweler. There's a roadmap to becoming an airline pilot. There are classes. There's curriculums. There's teaching methods. And then the third one is you need some kind of, Coach or mentor or guide or sherpa or you know, somebody's going to take you from the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain and make sure that you stay stay the course and hold you accountable. Um, if you have those three, you're going to succeed. You know, there's five. You know, you know you can learn things, but not do things. So to know and not to do is not to know. There's five keys to implementation. This is actually gold. So number one, you got to know what to do. You know, So I want to market my business. Well, am I going to be public speaking or am I going to do door knocking or am I going to, you know, what's your method? So number one is you got to know what to do and there's a lot of choices on what to do. Number two is you need to know how to do it. You know, writing a sales letter, there's a lot of nuance that can make or break the success of a sales letter. What to do, how to do it. Number three is you need resources. You need to plug into the right systems. You need, maybe you need the right copywriting framework or the right formulas you need to know what to do how to do it. the resources you need feedback a good coach will give you positive and negative feedback um, if you're being too perfectionistic you know a lot of people need positive feedback it's good enough take action and a lot of people they're 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 missing pieces it's like okay it's not good enough you need to make some changes and then the fifth piece is accountability. You know, we say your your coach is your best friend or your worst nightmare. I'm your best friend because I'm going to teach you the stuff that works. I'm going to probably be your night best, worst nightmare because I'm going to make you do what you're supposed to do even when you don't feel like doing it. You know, in many ways, the coaching relationship to the client, you know, the client is like the oyster. And the oyster wants to produce value called pearls, okay? But it's impossible for an oyster to produce pearls without that little grain of sand irritant. That's my job as a coach is to irritate your way to success.
1: Perfect. Well, it's been really fun, Joe. Any last questions or thought you have for me? And we'll call this like no, the I mean
0: No, if people want help, helps available, reach out. I love coaching people. I've got a one-on-one and I've got group. I've got introductory offers. So, you know, uh, if you want the help, the help's available. I've helped Four thousand people in four hundred industries. I've helped myself make a lot of money. I've lost everything. I've come back. I've also helped a lot of clients. I've helped over a thousand people. I could help you. You know, would you like to be next? Let me know, and we'll have that conversation.
1: There we go. There we go. The entrepreneur maker, Mr. Joe Nicasio. I really appreciate having you today. Uh best of luck. I look forward to catching you again in Clubhouse. I know you're you're in there from time to time. Uh we've got contacts for you on the internet. And uh go get a go get a, a quality if you're gonna if people are gonna be irritated anyway, they should have a quality irritant, I would say Joe.
0: Actually, the truth is is a lot of fun. You no, know, I, I you know, we 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 get on the coaching calls, we have fun, but we get work done. I I always give people action items and, you know, and, you know, we come back the next week, usually they take action, but if they don't, you know, it's, my job is not to beat up my clients, but put them back in action and maybe we need to break things into baby steps or something, but I would say that's one of the things as a coach that I do better than most is I don't just teach, I really have a focus on getting my clients to implement because what do we... If I teach you stuff, but you don't implement, we're not doing any good so yeah that's that's and
1: that's that's the quality integrity of a of of a great coach is that you know they they cannot help me help myself, but if I'll commit, they will stay committed to me. going pro heard that amateurs require motivation, and professionals just activate themselves, so get somebody yeah on the team I think lose. motivation
0: is external. Motivation is an external, like a push, but inspiration is that internal drive.
1: To go to go pro, you got to be activating. Thanks for watching and listening today. I'm Ed Hooks Jr. for the Perfect Fit presents. Hit expectmycall.info for an awesome deal on prospecting if you are looking to upgrade your follow-up to legendary. As Joe Nicasio just shared with us. The number one problem that we sales professionals have is follow through, follow up. So track your commitments and have an amazing week.